Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions of see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieved. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Successfulish. I'm Sarah Michelle. And today on the podcast, we are talking all about fitness and personal training with trainer Jack Corey. Jack is passionate about fitness and health and certified through NASM or the National Academy of Sports Medicine as a personal trainer. He has always been a fan of fitness since he was in middle school, and although he was not able to get more into it until a bit more independent in high school, he started to discover himself through high school and into college and really got into fitness, particularly lifting weights. He essentially taught himself just about everything he knew through the internet and years of trial and error, along with a handful of injuries. He wants the world to be a healthier, happier place and believes the way to do that is to dedicate some time each week to being active. So I am very excited to have this conversation because I had a personal trainer. I worked with Jack for the first time and for years sort of wondered what personal training was about, if it was worth it, if it was worth the investment. Can't I just go take myself to work out in a fitness class and decided for the first time to invest in a personal trainer with a kind of a end of the year Christmas special program that the gym I was at was offering. And I went in fully with the expectation that I would work with a personal trainer so that I could learn how to lift these massive weights. And I could be that super impressive person that just walks into that really scary, intimidating section of the gym and just knows what to do and picks up the barbells and looks all impressive. And immediately after we met, I had an injury. And so our personal training ended up looking very different. And what I learned through the experience was that the benefit of personal training is truly that you get to know your body through training and that fitness can look different depending on where your body's at, what you've been through, and you can actually learn a lot about yourself and learn how to listen to what your body is telling you. So I am very excited uh, to have this conversation because I know that I am probably not the only person who has wondered, what's the deal with personal training? Is it worth it? What's it all about? So Jack, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited just as you are to get started and uh, yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So before we jump into the conversation, what is something that you failed at this week? So I went skiing for the first time this week um, through a work trip. I work full time um, as a mechanical engineer, just to brief everyone. Um, so we had an outing. It was a nice company outing. I appreciated it. Um, and they did ski lessons. I never skied before. And, uh, you know, I think I didn't do terrible, but I, you know, falling five or six times isn't a success in my eyes, but it's very common. So, um, I definitely failed at that, but it's okay. It's okay. I am scared of skiing because I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember the really old Disney movies. There was a series of Disney movies way back in, I don't know, probably early nineties. Cause I feel like I was little where goofy learns different extreme sports I don't know if you remember those, but there was one where Goofy learns how to ski and he's got these big, huge skis and he's trying to walk with them. And then they're crisscrossing and he ends up in this big kind of X, just like somersaulting down the mountain. (laughs) And I can't get that image out of my head. And that's all I think about when I think skiing is if I try skiing with these big ass skis mm-hmm. on my feet. I am going to somersault down the mountain saying Yahoo hoo hoo or whatever it is that Goofy says as he's falling down the mountain. So uh, someday I will try it. I, I have tried snowboarding and I spent a lot of time on my butt. So mm-hmm. I think that just comes with the territory of snow sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lucky for me, I wasn't somersaulting down the mountain. I kind of just fell and slid, you know, like a foot or two. Um, But yeah, it was uh, it was me and one other from my company. It was both our first time, so it was good to see that. You know, we were both. That's awesome. So, had you ever, if you've never skied before, have you ever done a ski lift before? No, and the lift was crazy because, you know, we did the the bunny 
slope mm-hmm. and we were okay on that. And they were like, oh, let's try like the easiest slope they got. And from yeah. the bottom, it doesn't look terrible. Then you get on the lift. So getting on, it, it kind of reminds me, I live near Canopy Lake. It's a little amusement park. And then the little lifts there that just take you around the park. It reminded me of that. But when you get off, there's a little hill and you kind of just go. Yeah. And I got off and right when I got off, I fell. <laughs> yep. They stopped the lift. The lady's looking over like, are you guys okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is not beginner friendly here. No, the and that's the embarrassing part of the beginner hills too. Cause I remember when I did snowboarding and I did the bunny hill, I was surrounded by like four-year-olds that were figuring it out. Like it's all these little toddlers who are like slamming it down the mountain, totally fine. And then me and the lift was the hardest part. And I remember this guy friend who I think was trying to show off. I think he had a crush on me, but he, I could not do the lift, could not do it. And he was like, Oh, I'll totally help you. And so the first time we tried to do the lift, we got up and I turned to talk to him and he wasn't there. And I looked behind me and the lift had knocked him face first in the snow. So he was still back at the bottom of the mountain and I was on it by myself. And then the second time we tried it, he grabbed me and tripped and forced me into the snow at the top of the mountain and kind of face planted me. So um, that was my ski lift experience. It was That's really embarrassing. It was not great. And I was that person who every time the person at the top of the lift had like pulled me out of the way. So I didn't get run over by other skiers <laughs> and snowboarders. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into personal training? I know you mentioned that was something that you were always into. Like, just tell us a little bit about what brought us where you are today. Yeah. So I guess as, you know, as a little kid, um, I was never in great shape. My parents came here from Lebanon, so they immigrated here. Um, and when I was growing up, I didn't see them often because they were mostly at work. So it was me and my brother and my sister, mostly home alone. I would be eating Mr. P's pizza, Chef Boyardee's. Like, that was my daily routine. Every week we would get excited because every Tuesday we'd get Domino's. My mom would leave 20 bucks on the table and it would be like a deal to get two large pizzas. So that was me growing up. Um, and at the same time, I was a big fan of like wrestling, like WWE. And I'd see these big jacked guys. I'm like, that's so cool doing these crazy moves. And I loved that. Um, but I grew up, you know, eating at the time. I obviously didn't know as a kid, but I was eating all this junk food every day. Um, yeah. And then so I, I was a chubby kid growing up. I never liked it when I was a kid. I knew I was chubby. I, I was pretty insecure about it. Um, and then maybe around like fifth grade, we had this gym class where it was like a sumo wrestling little session. And I loved it. And um, there were bigger kids than me that were like, I don't know, one of my friends was probably like pushing 180 at the time, which was a lot for a fifth grader. And I ended up winning like the whole sumo wrestling thing. Everyone was like super impressed. And I was like, I loved it. Um, and then like in seventh grade, we did a gym class where it was just like weight room. And again, I did like leg press and I like could leg press more than anyone in the class. And again, I wasn't the biggest kid in the class. I was just like naturally kind of had some strength there. Um, and I also grew up just wrestling with my brother, wrestling my cousin. And I just like to do that. But after that gym class, I was like super adamant about like lifting. And I was like begging my parents, please just let me get a set of dumbbells. Please just something. I really want to do this. Um, and I remember they didn't want to get me it. I ended up just like filling my backpack with all my books and just like doing what I did in the gym class with the backpack. I would do like leg extensions and curls and all this stuff. And that only lasted for like two weeks. My mom actually noticed a little difference. She's like, oh, you, your clothes are like fitting you a little looser. But uh, I didn't stick with that, unfortunately. Um, then we get into high school. Freshman year, I started football. And with football, you get the weight room and you start lifting weights during the season and off season. Um, so that was cool for me. I didn't love football, but I loved the weightlifting aspect. Um, sophomore year, I got into wrestling, loved wrestling. I remember the first like week and a half, it was insane. I went from like 166 pounds to maybe 160 or 158 within two weeks. Um, and when I started wrestling, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to keep this up. I cut out soda. Since that day, you know, I don't drink soda almost ever. It's a very rare occurrence for me now. Just cutting out soda, just drinking water, 
And then I started to do more research um, about foods, healthy foods, and this and the other thing. Um, yeah, and then ever since sophomore year, you know, my off seasons, I would spend them every day almost at 12 a.m. There was a Planet Fitness that I would walk to. It's two minutes away. Do my homework. It would literally be like 11, 12 a.m. I would go there, get a workout in, come home, wake up at 6.30 for school, and repeat the process. So, um, yeah, I really fell in love. Um, and then after high school, uh, I had to go to college. The college I wanted to go to was local and didn't have a wrestling program. So I just figured, you know what, I'm just going to lift. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to lift. I'm going to prioritize my studies. You know, wrestling's not going to get me famous or money or a degree unless I'm, you know, top tier wrestler, Olympic athlete. Um, so I just prioritized being an engineer and lifting weights throughout high school, uh, throughout college. And that's when I really started to research everything. It's like looking how to do the right form, different programs, techniques, um, top to bottom, just kind of everything. And yeah, I taught myself really through that. Um, and there was a ton of failure involved. I mean, squatting, dropping the bar, can't tell you how many times that's happened. Just like making myself look like a fool. And it's part of the process. It really is. I mean, it's just trial and error. And with anything you do in life, there's going to be trial and error. And you can't be afraid of the error. You just got to do it. You know, when the error comes, look back and be like, what did I do wrong? And then the next time you're going to learn from that experience and you're going to do better. And if you don't, then you've got to reflect and really just think about like, what am I doing wrong? Um, so. Yeah, and then um, so I graduated college, and I've been in the gym really ever since. So it's been ten plus years, really. I'm 28 now. I left high school when I was 18, but I was still working out in high school. So ten plus years. Um, yeah, so graduated college, got my degree, started working a full time job. Um, my first full time job, I grew not to love so much. Um, so I left that. Said, hey, you know what? I mean, let me do some stuff that I actually like to do here. Um, so yeah, I went and got my personal training certificate, and now I'm slowly starting to move into the the world of personal training and just opening the door of the fitness industry as a whole. Um, you know, I've always envisioned owning a gym, um, like a kick-ass, cool gym. You know, just big weights, good vibe, good energy. Like I want it to be a place where you get someone coming in from work. Maybe they didn't have a great day at work. Maybe they're tired, whatever. They walk in and everything that happened at work stays at work. You walk in with a totally fresh mindset. Everyone's happy. Everyone's there to motivate you. You motivate each other. Um, that's like my ideal perfect world gym um, where everyone's just there helping each other. and. Because at the end of the day, we're all there for the same reasons, the same goals. So, yeah. And here I am today. I am still back into engineering, a uh, full time job. Uh, I do like it now, better company, so it helps. Um, but I am still training part time. So it's a little bit of a balance trying to get the balance down, but, um, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It takes, time, it takes time and a little bit of an investment. That's awesome. And I, I think that's an important thing too, when it comes to fitness is knowing what culture works for you and not all gyms are the same. Right. I think that, you know, there's people who love CrossFit and that is their jam and there's people who hate it. And I think I, I learned somewhere along the way that it was worth the investment for me to go to a gym where there were group classes, because even though I could do those workouts by myself, I will never do those workouts by myself. I just won't. I, I would go to a planet fitness and sort of take a leisure walk on the treadmill and be like, Oh, I see a drop of sweat. I think I'm good. Um, so there's something about getting to know yourself through the act of fitness. And I think for me, I learned I'm very competitive 
And so that is what pushes me in fitness. It's not necessarily, and I don't know if that's the best motivation. I know that I should just be like personally motivated to be my best. Um, but I've also learned I need the competitiveness of needing to keep up with everyone else in class or needing to be the best. And that is what pushed me to do it. And I know at Planet Fitness, especially with the weight section, I used to work out at, I don't know, one in the morning because no one was there. And that was the best time when no one could, no one could see. So that's the best time to make mistakes. You have time to actually sit and stare at the machine and read the instructions and try to figure out how to use it. And um, so I think that that is really important to get to know your own fitness style. And I'm really curious because I know you've been in the gym for years and you've been doing all kinds of different workouts, but this was the first time, I believe, I was the first person that you ever personally trained. So it was kind of a first time experience for both of us where neither of us really knew what to expect. And I'm curious, what were some of the differences or what did you learn through that experience of seeing the gym through the eyes of a personal trainer as opposed to just training yourself? Yeah, so it's definitely a different pace. and. A different vibe not completely but definitely different because when i'm training i actually have to see the gym through the person i'm training's eyes so i have to step in their shoes and kind of see how they feel how they think and where they're at um you know i walk into the gym and when i'm doing my own workout i know exactly how i feel i know exactly what i know and what i don't know and I know what I like and what I don't like. Um, but obviously, training someone else, you don't know that stuff. Um, so it's very important early on to build a connection and try to um, kind of get a gauge of how their mind works and where they're at fitness-wise. And it could be their first time in a gym, or maybe they've done it before and they just need a little push or a, a different, you know, a different mind to to pick. Um, so it's definitely different in the aspect that. You have to kind of take a few steps back um, in order to be in that person's shoes um, so that you could kind of coach them through things. Um, because, you know, doing it for so long now that, I, you know, doing a bicep curl or tricep pushdown is instinct to me, but obviously for someone else, it's not. Um, and on that topic, um, you know, I, I do jujitsu now and I love jujitsu. And I think, you know, whatever fitness thing you do, just do it. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It could be cardio. It could be jujitsu. It could be boxing. It could be whatever. Um, but I think I relate to being a personal trainer. It's almost like my coach in jujitsu and me. Um, so I'm the tr person being trained. He's kind of the coach, the guy. So that helps me now put into perspective people I train because I'm more or less kind of, a, uh, I've been almost there for a year, but there's still so much to learn in jujitsu that, you know, he teaches us and shows us things like we don't know what we're doing. And I take that and I'm like, all right, this is how I should be training people. You know, I should, I need to start They're a blank slate. They might know not, they might know what to do, but maybe they're doing it wrong, you know? So it's really about taking a few steps back and getting into the mindset of the person you're training. Yeah, I think it, it was a lot of breaking down the choreography and really explaining uh, muscle isolation, which I want to talk about. But that was probably the most eye-opening but challenging part for me because I feel like when I think about working out, I am very aggressive in my fitness. I train in Krav Maga. I train in boxing. I, If I am doing a workout class, it's like a high-intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to things like weightlifting, I almost feel like it has to be either just ridiculously heavy or I have to be just like really cranking at it. And so the act of having to go slow and especially being injured and like go slow with a dinky little five, 10 pounds, like that was really challenging for me. Um, I just, I didn't want to do it. I didn't enjoy it. Every part of me is like, this is not even a real workout. This is stupid. 
But through the act of doing that, it was really eye-opening because we were able to break down like, okay, well, you should feel it in this muscle. And if you're feeling it over here, that means you've got issues over there. That means that you need to do more stretching. That means that you, you know, your body is telling you that you need to work out this area more. And so it was very eye-opening for me to kind of go through that process. So explain a little bit about what my muscle isolation is and what that is even like to learn how to listen to what our bodies are telling us through working out. Right. Yeah. So muscle isolation is say you're doing a bicep curl. This is just a classic example. Everyone knows what a bicep curl is. The main goal of a bicep curl is to work the bicep muscle. Um, and it isolates the bicep muscle. It should, the bicep should be just about the only muscle being worked when you're doing a curl. So we're isolating that muscle. We're focusing on that muscle. We're trying to work that muscle. Um, now with proper technique and form, you will achieve that result. Um, that's why technique's so important. Um, you know, if you do it the wrong way, you might be working your lower back. You might be working your legs if you're like doing a big jittery type movement. Um, so my muscle isolation is pretty important because when it comes to programming and putting together a workout, you intend to hit certain muscles. So if I'm putting together a back workout, I don't want to be working my shoulders. I want to be working my back. I want to be able to isolate all the back muscles that I want to isolate. So to do that, um, I like to think of the mind-body connection. So sometimes it's as simple as doing a bicep curl and just thinking about your biceps. You know, just think, all right, bicep, bicep, bicep. And you're going to you're gonna just build a muscle uh, mind-body connection and you're going to feel it more in your bicep muscles. And sometimes early on, I would do that with new exercises just so I could get in that habit of, all right, let me build this connection. Let me just think about my rear deltoid. Let me think about my lats. Let me think about this muscle that I'm doing this new exercise with. And that really helped me um, isolate muscles and figure out where I should feel them and what the, you know, best way to do a certain movement is, you know, if I was doing an exercise and that was new and I, no matter what I was doing, I it just didn't feel right. I would circle back. I would go online. I would search. I would make sure I was doing things right. You know, not every exercise is for people. Um, personally, like upright rows for me, it's supposed to work, you know, traps and kind of your upper shoulder area. For me, it's always just hurt my shoulders, so I don't do them. And that's another thing. If there's anything that hurts, just stay away from it. It's okay. There's always another exercise. There's always another way to do it. Um, so just, you know, key is always just listening to your body because it's always trying to tell us something. And the big thing is that if you're in pain, just stop doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest benefits for me, I think was just learning how many different ways there are to accomplish what we need to accomplish and what works for us. And going in, I mean, I really I hesitate to say this because it's going to make me sound very arrogant, um, but I kind of went in with this attitude of what is a personal trainer possibly going to teach me? I've been working out for years. I worked at a gym. I have been doing all, I mean, every basic workout that you could do, I've done in my life. And so I kind of went into it with the intent of, okay, the goal of a personal trainer is really just to teach me this next level of barbells and these things that intimidate me. And it's really to have an excuse to be in that part of the gym that I just tell myself that I have no business being in that part of the gym. And it was really interesting and humbling to realize like, huh, even things that I have done my whole life, like a row, I don't know how much time we spent trying five different variations of that because I was doing it wrong or feeling it in parts of my body that weren't supposed to feel it. And so there's always something new to learn about how we are doing workouts. And I guess one of the hesitations that I've had to doing my own workouts or to being able to do weightlifting specifically is that I wonder sometimes if there is a wrong way to work out. I worry that if you weightlift and you know you are doing something wrong, you could make it worse or mm-hmm. 
you know, working in a gym, I worked at an orange theory for many years and they were very calculated on what workouts they did in a specific workout. And so can you talk a little bit about, is there a wrong way to work out? Is there a method to, I guess you would call it muscle grouping. Like, can you just pick any random batch of exercises or does it need to be a little bit more methodical? Yes. So there's a wrong way of doing everything. Um, and the intent could be there. They could have good intent, but you know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Um, and what happens in the gym is if you're doing a specific exercise wrong, it could be potentially dangerous, right? Um, you know, maybe you're, you're deadlifting and you're just arching or just rounding your lower back and you're just pulling it all with your lower back. You know, that's not good. You could pull a muscle, you could hurt it, you know, deviate a disc, you could do some bad things there. Um, so that's why I always recommend going into a workout, um, select exercises you're comfortable with. And if you want to try something new, the internet has a ton of info. It's There's always going to be a video or an article or something out there that explains step-by-step how to do an exercise, where you should feel it, how to set up, et cetera. So- I want to interject on that point because there are a lot of people now that we have social media, now that we have internet, everybody is a personal trainer. And I have found, especially with, um, so boxing, I work one-on-one with a boxing coach who trained with Mickey Ward. He's very particular about his boxing style and how he trains. Mm -hmm. And he will send me videos all the time of people's social media and say, I can't believe this person is doing videos. This is terrible. I can't even believe that this training is allowed. Mm -hmm. And I watch it. And as someone who is still fairly new, I'm like, "I, I don't know. They're, they have gloves, they're hitting pads. Like, I don't see anything wrong with it. It looks fine to me. Um, so as we are self-educating ourselves on the internet, how do we decide who is valid and who is just someone with one too many protein jugs at home? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's honestly been so long for me to like delve into technique videos that I can't even tell you like, individuals that are credible or not, because I haven't been there in quite some time. I know when I was learning the ropes, a website called bodybuilding.com was super relevant at the time. It's not so much anymore, but, and I haven't checked the website, but they would have a ton of good articles, a ton of videos, almost any exercise you could think of was up there with a good video that showed the proper way to do it. Um, So I would check out bodybuilding.com, see if they still have those videos. I think they do. And those generally are all good, good sources, um, the right way to do things. Um, To that, I try to stay away from social media for technique. I usually go more towards YouTube and video platforms. And then at least you could also delve into the comment section and just see what other people are thinking. Um, but yeah, you know, usually on YouTube, if someone has a lot of likes and whatever, they're pretty, um, for the most part, they are a good source. Um, and I think you could be able to tell like basic level of this is ridiculous and crazy, or this generally looks like the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, I would definitely look at those sources, social media, I would try to stay away from, um, it's just tough to find reputable info on social media. Yeah, it's tough. I do, especially if I have bought a new piece of gym equipment or I've been Googling different things, I get all of the fitness people on my social media. And there, there are some that just make me laugh because it's always a super ripped guy without a shirt. And he's always talking about like, you just got to do this and you're going to look like me and you're going to be ripped. And it's all this high energy. And, um, I am always skeptical. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like Mm. it's, it's tough. I think, um, I think sometimes it's hard to figure out, is there a way to find out also if people are qualified? Like I know NASM is one, but what are some other certifications or some credibility that could be behind someone's name that would be a good way to determine if they know what they're talking about? Um, Honestly, I prefer experience over any certificate. Um, And that's just in general for almost anything. 
you know, do you want a plumber that has 20 years experience or do you want a plumber with two years experience and some certificate? Right. Um, so I always, I always prefer experience over anything. Um, but there's, there's a handful of other organizations, not just NASM that also have the certified personal training certificate. That's just kind of the standard to get your, start your fitness career, start to train people. Um, I know that there's others. I don't know exactly the name of them, but some other certificates that delve more into the body. I know there's, um, you know, now you have like bachelor's degrees in uh, exercise science. That's kind of big nowadays. And what that does is someone kind of knows the mechanical movements of the human body and knows what it should and shouldn't do. So that's good. Again, what would be best if, is if someone has that degree and experience in a weight room or it's just in fitness in general, that would be a good combination. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, when I started, um, social media wasn't huge when it came to the fitness world. So that's why I was using, you know, Google, uh, bodybuilding.com. Um, and those were always pretty good sources. There wasn't crazy personalities, you know, it was just, this is a bicep curl. This is a tricep push on. This is how you do it. No personalities, no big ripped dudes with a shirt off saying, you can do this, you'll be ripped like me, which, which I guess I'll get into it now. I mean, you got to be careful on social media. A lot of these personalities that look larger than life are uh, not natural. <laughs> um, yep. So. When they have different, everyone's body is different too. And yeah. so, you know, I know even not on social media, I've had guy friends that will talk about like, yeah, all you have to do is this, this, and you'll be so ripped and strong. It's like women's bodies are different than men. Mm -hmm. um, I can look at a chocolate bar and gain weight. Guys mm -hmm. can, you know, eat one salad or stop drinking soda. And all of a sudden they'll just like drop weight like that. Yeah. So it's, everybody's different. Everybody carries weight differently. And then the other thing that I've really learned as I've delved into more of my health and the mind body connection is that it's not even always necessarily about the physical body. So most of my physical stuff that I was experiencing came from emotional or mental. It was from stress. It was from anxiety or how I was feeding myself, how I was fueling myself. And so I think that as you get to know yourself, you start to realize like just because something is healthier just because it's a healthy whole food. Like maybe your body doesn't do dairy or mm -hmm. wheat or, you know, whatever it is. And so there's a lot of that personalization, I think of getting to know yourself. And I feel like that's one of the struggles with social media as well is that you're listening to someone who is talking about their personal experience right. and has not taken the time to have a conversation with you probably doesn't even know who you are, that you exist. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, so much of fitness and like you said, eating healthy is trial and error. It's what works for me and what doesn't. Um, I remember personally, sometimes I would do some stuff because I looked at it online or I saw an article or forums and I would do it. And I'm like, I'd be in the gym doing it. I'm like, man, this sucks. And I would keep doing it and doing it. And I would hate it. Um, but I'm like, well, this guy does it. So I want to do it. I want to be like him. And over time, you know, I just realized, I'm like, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. Like, I don't like it. Why am I doing it? So a lot of what I do today is what I like. Because if you want to be successful at this, to me, success is being able to do it the rest of your life because you want to be in good shape the rest of your life. You want to be moving when you're 80 years old. Um, so to me, success is doing something you have to enjoy. If you're not enjoying it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to have longevity. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think beyond enjoyment too, I think the motivation is really important. I think a lot of times we think about going to the gym and we think about losing weight and losing weight is not always healthy or the best motivation or the best reason. And I know yeah. when I first started getting um, back into fitness, very serious about it, I did this six week weight loss program and I gained I think 15 pounds in the first three or four weeks of doing that program. And I remember pulling a trainer aside who worked at that gym being like, all right, what the hell, man, mm -hmm. I have been working out every day. <laughs> I've been eating right. And I am gaining weight. What is going on? And it's because you gain muscle and muscle mm -hmm. weighs more. So can you explain a little bit more about 
that dynamic and kind of how to balance that aspect of building muscle and losing weight and sort of how, how we should really be thinking about health holistically when we go into a gym. Yeah. So like you said, a lot of people go into a gym and their goal is to lose weight. Um, some people go and say, I want to lose weight and I want to build muscle. Some people have unrealistic expectations. Say I want a six pack. You know, I can't get a six pack. I've tried. I think I've had one once (laughs) and it doesn't last long. So realistically, you want to go into the gym and if you're lifting and you've never lifted before, you, your muscle, uh, your body's naturally going to put on muscle. It's going to react to a stimulus that it's not familiar with and putting resistance on a muscle. That stimulus is okay. I'm, I'm being forced to curl 15 pounds. I've never done this before. Next time I curl this 15 pounds, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm ready for it. Muscle breaks down. It rebuilds the muscle. Eventually, that 15 pounds is light. You go on to 20. It's reacting to a stimulus. So that being said, you're always going to have some sort of muscle growth if you're lifting weights and if you're not on a, in a huge caloric deficit, like eating a lot less than you should be. And that's not a bad thing because what happens is when you do grow muscle, um, muscle burns more calories than fat. So what actually will happen is it helps your metabolism speed up and you'll be actually burning more calories doing basically nothing if you wanted to than if you weren't working out, you weren't lifting and you didn't put on that muscle. Um, But don't be discouraged if you work out and you're lifting and you gain weight. Maybe you just gain muscle, you know? So sometimes instead of looking at a scale, some other things you might, might want to consider, um, take body measurements with like a, a tape. That's something that <clears throat> a lot of people do. It takes a little more time, but it actually shows you like, okay, my waist was 40 inches a month ago and now it's 38. Even though I might've gained a little weight, you gain muscle. Good. That's a good thing. Keep going in that direction. Um, or you, some people like doing mirror picks and that's fine too. Pick the, the same mirror, get the same exact lighting, and maybe every two weeks you take a picture. And that'll actually show you the transformation. Um, so I would say don't get discouraged if you gain weight from lifting. Um, and then in a perfect world, maybe you lose weight and you gain muscle. Great. That's awesome. Sometimes you might stay the same weight. Again, don't be discouraged. What might be happening if you're the same weight and you start lifting? You're going to be putting on muscle and losing fat at the same time. So what happens, your weight doesn't move, but your body composition changes. So that's, that's really the big thing is, is more than what the scale says, that number, think about body composition. Yep. Think about body fat percentage. Um, so that's kind of my advice to anyone that sets a goal, goes into a gym and doesn't meet that goal or Things don't work out how they kind of envision it. Yeah. And I think other things for me that I noticed is a change in energy, change in mindset. I started noticing that I had more energy to go about my day. I was sleeping better. Mm -hmm. So there were little things that I had to learn how to pay attention to. And I want to talk about some myths or some questions that I think come up a lot when it when it comes to fitness and going to the gym. So, and I know we talked about a few of these. So the first question or myth is if girls lift, if women lift, will they look manly? Will they lose their curves? No, that's a myth. They won't look manly. They will lifting and gaining muscle will help tighten up if anything. Um, And I think personally, it will actually bring out the curves more than if you weren't. But if you just hadn't worked out. Um, And I guess, you know, there's so many more benefits to working out, like you said, than the physical. Mentally, it's just awesome. It's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. You you feel your best when you are active. And I think it's just in human genetics that we're active creatures. Um, And, you know, technology generation and all these things that have us cooped up inside. Um, I don't think there's a coincidence with, you know, high depression rates and this new era we're in. 
um, where people aren't moving as much as we used to. So the next question or myth, if one side is dominant or stronger than the other, is it better to train heavier or more reps on the less dominant side? No, keep it the same on both sides. That weak side will catch up, I promise you. All right. Next question. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. Two mm -hmm. Is it healthy to only lift and skip cardio or to only cardio and skip lifting? <laughs> and there is a lot of debate as to which you should start with or how to balance that. So what is the relationship between cardio and lifting? So if you really think about it, cardio is working a muscle, the most important muscle in the body, and that's the heart. So with that being said, yes, cardio is important. Um, personally, I'm not a big cardio guy. And that's kind of the reason why I do like jujitsu or sometimes I'll do fitness classes. It forces me to get cardio in, but in a fun way. Um, but that being said, cardio is important because we want to have a strong, healthy heart. Um, with that being said, lifting is also important. And I would recommend if someone was just going into a gym and that was their only form of fitness, I would recommend doing both. Um, the way I would proceed to do it is because I like strength, I like being strong and I like lifting. Um, I would recommend, you know, lifting first and cardio after. Because if you do cardio first, uh, your lifting is going to suffer. You're not going to be as strong as if you had just started with lifting. Um, so maybe you do a 45 to an hour lift and then, you know, 15 minutes of cardio and cardio doesn't have to be all that much. Um, there's been a lot of research lately of high interval intensity training and you actually burn more calories and you get your heart rate higher that way. than if you were to just do like a mild jog, you know, get on the treadmill, maybe, or get on the elliptical do a 30 second sprint, rest for a minute, minute and a half, do another 30 second sprint, get that interval. In, and that's like a nice quick way to get that cardio. The next question, if you do the same workout consistently, will your body stop responding? If you're doing the same weights, the same reps and the same exercises, yes, you're going to plateau. Um, with that being said, you know, if you want to get really good at squatting and you're squatting all the time, that's kind of the best way to do it is just keep squatting. Like if you want to get good at baseball, you practice baseball. If you want to get good at squatting, you practice squatting. But what you have to do is vary something, vary the reps, vary the sets, um, vary the weight. If you're doing the same, if I go in and curl 20 pounds every single week, I'm not going to be able to curl 30 pounds. You got to, you got to try to vary some things in, in your exercises. All right. I think we have already talked about, um, some wrong ways to work out, but what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make in the gym? Uh, just generally improper technique. And what that means is, you know, if they're doing a bicep curl, they're like bending their knees and lifting like arching their back and doing this whole crazy movement when it really should just be moving your arms. Um, you know, we talked about this, but the pull downs, the lat pull down bar, when you grab it, you just want to kind of come straight down and be mostly stationary. You got people that swing back and it looks like they're just in a playground swing. Um, so I see a lot of errors like that a lot. Um, so just mostly improper technique and most of it isn't terrible. Like no one's going to, you know, tear a muscle doing curls or pull downs the wrong way. Deadlifts is a different story. You could get her doing those the wrong way. And I've seen that. And I've been a victim of that. I've done it. That's how I learned how to do it the right way is doing it the wrong way. Um, and if dude, let me tell you, it, it feels really good when you do things the right way. Like you're like, okay, I'm not in like, I'm not in pain. I feel good. That felt good. So just that would up. That's what I would say. Just so one of the other big things that I know is challenging for me with fitness was realizing that when we would do different exercises and I would feel it where I wasn't supposed to be feeling it, that that mm. meant that I was tighter, that I needed to do more stretching. I needed to release certain areas. And 
I know this is really common, especially for my bro friends, but I think it's everywhere where we want to, you want to feel accomplished when you go to the gym, you want to like lift the weights and maybe do an intense workout and stretching does not feel like that exciting of a workout. And I know I uh, have had years of reluctance of accepting yoga as a part of my regular routine. Um, and it, it is one of those things that every time I've had anything in my life where I need a solution, it has been yoga or stretching or meditation or something very slow and restorative. So talk a little bit about that relationship of stretching and fitness and mm -hmm. why that's important and how we're supposed to incorporate it. How, what, when do we need to slow down and why? So one of the most important things about fitness and the fitness journey is recovery. That is key. And I'm also a culprit of skipping out on recovery because I think it's boring. So you're not the only one. It's a very common thing, especially when you just enjoy, you know, moving heavy stuff or just getting a good workout in and competing. It's tough. Like you're not going to be competitive doing yoga or stretching or whatever. But it is very important in reducing the risk of injury, keeping joints mobile, muscles mobile for the long haul. Um, so even if it's just 10 minutes before or after your workout of a nice stretch <clears throat> where, you know, I would, I would recommend trying to get a stretch in every day before or after a workout. Um, and, you know, you could supplement, you could foam roll as well. Foam rolling is great. Once you get the hang of it, it helps loosen up some of the muscles. Um, yeah. And then if, if you have the money for it, you know, go in here and there for a massage. I love the tissue massages because there's only so much stretching and foam rolling could do for me. Um, but a deep tissue, they really get in there. If you have some tight muscles, they break up all that scar tissue and you feel really good after. Um, it's just, you gotta be consistent with it, which is like kind of anything really. Right. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. definitely want to start competitive yoga. <laughs> I'll know what that would look like, uh, yeah. but I think that's my next endeavor in life. I'm going to find a way to do some competitive yoga, competitive stretching. Yeah. There you go. So maybe everyone stretches and yogas and bends, and then you win by measuring your heart rate and seeing who's the most relaxed. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> so for beginners, uh, for people who are new at this, I think the machines can be really intimidating. Some of the, just the gym in general can be intimidating. There's that fear that other people are going to be looking at us. And yeah. I think to some degree, um, people are too busy thinking about themselves to look at us. Mm -hmm. However, I say that also knowing that I have definitely gone in gyms and watched other people and I, so there's that, that I think we do sometimes watch other people. So when we're starting for the first time and we have that intimidation, mm -hmm. what is the first thing that someone should do when wanting to pursue better physical health? What's the best place to start? I mean, if you are intimidated to go to a gym and it could be pretty overwhelming at first, especially if you're not really sure what to do, I would recommend just getting some fitness bands and starting at home. And there's a lot of good info out there of some exercises you can do with bands. And they're very similar to a lot of free weights. Um, you know, they have their differences, but it could help you get the ball rolling, feel comfortable doing some exercises. And it's a great way to start because they're not too, you know, they're not too heavy. They're not too aggressive on the joints, on the muscles. So it's a good way to build up some of that base um, and you could do it all from your kitchen, you're watching TV in the living room. It's just super convenient. Um, so I'd recommend, you know, start with fitness bands. They're not that expensive either. Yeah. I think kind of tying onto that, one of the, the things that I think holds me back sometimes from fitness is that I feel this pressure to do this really intense hour long workout for it to count. Mm -hmm. So do we have to hit a certain level of intensity time for it to actually do anything for us? Or is something better than nothing? Uh, something's always better than nothing. You know, if you get moving for 20, 30 minutes, that's definitely better than not moving at all. Um, to your earlier discussion about having a methodical program in place, 
Um, it's always good to have a plan in place, no matter what you're doing. Um, but especially with lifting and especially when you're first starting and there's a lot of starter programs out there and things you could find online, or you could just kind of come up with something yourself of just like a full body workout. I'm going to do all these exercises today. I want to learn these exercises. I'm going to do them for two weeks until I get comfortable or three weeks until I get comfortable. Then I'm going to switch and do something else for three weeks until you start to build a good mind body connection. And then you feel comfortable enough to just like put together. All right. This is going to be my chest and tricep day. And then this is going to be this day and this day. So I would recommend that. Awesome. Well, Jack, thank you so much for your time and expertise. And for anyone listening, would love to hear your thoughts, questions, comments, send us an email at embrace the ish at gmail.com or hang out with us online at successfulish.com or Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at embrace the ish. Success and failure, not on opposite ends. Curveball hits, gotta know where to bend. The attitude will affect destination. And if you determines when you're gonna make it. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Hey, successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. I'm successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. All this weight on my arms need both flex. In this race, put behind me most steps. Had a sort of learning curve, hope I don't crash. Hit your nerves when reserves got low cash. When I fail, realize that it won't last. You made it through when the past just Look back, successful list. You can see how the contrast fires and wins. Use the past and the bounce back. You can never win if you never go and do it. Figure is a hard road, rarely ever cruising. Embracing all my wins with a handful of losing. Expect the drought season when the plan's going fluent. I can never really feel it's all how you view it. It's all a lesson, just depends how you use it. Get all the data and keep it all exclusive. Never ending journey and the growth is therapeutic. My identity is not in what you see. I am the better me. Mistakes others make, I see. Have a teaching me. Compare yourself to others is an insult to tragedy. We are made unique, gotta use again collectively. Broke down my goals in a few look. Toesome. Can't take them back cause you already spoke them Easily regressive, you don't stay focused Focus, live between success every moment Successfulish Another day, another task Think fast with a whole nother mission complete I'm successfulish Pick up the weight, press on And act on the visions to see I'm successfulish Sit back and bask in the glory Of all the goals I achieve Successfulish Lose a stack, get it back Reinvest, hope, wait Then I roll up my sleeve I'm successfulish Another day, another task Think fast with a whole nother mission complete Successfulish Pick up the weight, press on And act on the visions to See, I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve.